Hello, welcome to season two, episode two of More Than Sweat. I'm your host, Brooke Benton, and today we're going to talk about that goal. You know the one, that big goal that you want with your soul. You just hunger to achieve this goal, and it's out of reach. And I feel like this is the time to be talking about it because you might label it a New Year's resolution. It's something that you desperately want to achieve, but you've got to grow into the person capable of achieving it. And you probably think I'm going to talk again about sobriety. I am, but just for a second. For years, I had wanted to get out of this vicious cycle of going to bed at night, little tipsy, maybe a lot tipsy, waking up bug-eyed and worrying about some things that may be founded. They, they possibly could be things to worry about, but do I really need to be worrying about them at two o'clock in the morning? No, that's the booze. That is the aftermath of too, drinking too much wine and waking up with just tremendous anxiety in the middle of the night. And when I would, I would swear to the ever loving God that I am never doing this again. I'm never drinking so much that I wake up and have such fear and anxiety and depression, all of that just in a big old ugly package delivered to me at two o'clock in the freaking morning. And then sure enough, come noon, two o'clock, five o'clock, seven o'clock, whenever the next day, I bust open another bottle of wine and it would start all over again. And then I would quit for a day and I'm like, I'm on it. But then by day number three, I'm off it. Or I'd quit during the week and then by the weekend, it was a total bender. And I didn't think I could ever get out of the cycle. And it was hundreds of times that I would try to stop drinking or drink less. And it wasn't until last year at this time that I finally was like, there is zero benefit to my life whatsoever. I had to quit thinking that, but I love the taste and I love the way it makes me feel. And I love this or I love that about it. I needed to only focus on everything it was taking away from me. Everything it was retracting from my life, my relationship with my children or anything else in my life, but the children being the major thing because they're only young once. And if I'm putting a veil or anything between that, I regret it right now. Not that I'm going to live to regret it. I regret it in this very instant because I'm never getting that moment back. And I want to say that it was hard, but it really wasn't hard when I I really thought about all this is taking away from me. I felt ripped off. I felt ripped off that I had given it the time that I already had and the memories that could have been made that instead are just memories of alcohol. So if I can do it, trust me, you can do it too. If your New Year's resolution was to, to drink less alcohol, it probably does feel like a big, fat, hairy goal that you've tried and you've tried. And is this time going to be any different? It only takes one time to get it right. It really only does. I believe in you. And if I believe in me, because trust me, anything that you've succumbed to with alcohol, I have succumbed to it too. It is in my book. Uh, I have a new book releasing on January 22nd. Quick plug. It's called Sweat with Brooke Benton. It's available in ebook, hardcover, and audiobook. I would encourage you to buy the hardcover because it is beautifully illustrated. I pay money to a graphic designer to make this thing look gorgeous, and it is gorge. So please, Sweat with Brooke Benton. You can read more about my sobriety, and it's a really, I think, fun book. It's got 12 workout videos that are linked within the book. So fun stuff. Now back to your big fat hairy goal. 
whatever it is. Maybe it's not alcohol. Maybe it is some type of fitness thing. You want to run a 5K or you want to embrace strength training. Only 30% of women get the strength training that they need. Or maybe it was like mine was in 2023. I love to do box jumps. I feel so accomplished when I go from the ground and I'm able to pull my arms back, gather the potential energy, transfer it to kinetic energy and land my body on top of a box. There's something amazing about that. And you're probably thinking, well, you do fitness for a living. Duh, you you can do that. That's not that big of a deal. I do choreography. I do choreographed group fitness classes for a living. So yeah, I can break down a march and I can teach some jazz squares. I can teach you how to do a jab cross hook uppercut and kick boxing, but athletic things, like any type of sport, any type of ball coming at me, it's going to be like Borat. I'm going to be running and hiding and wishing that I was not in this this scenario at the moment. And anything that requires a ton of agility, it's going to be a dang fool. Well, box jumps are among agility drills. So it used to be a 12-inch box jump, like a 12-inch box. If you need reference, the ottoman that is in your house, that is more than 12 inches tall. So it's a really, really small box. So I used to do 12 inch box jumps and I'm like, you the man. And then I progressed up to 18 inch box jumps, but 24 inch was just, mm -mm, no, that is a big fat hairy goal. That's outside of my capabilities with my wonky hips and my lower back that can act up sciatica. You know what I mean? And I'm also 42 years old. I don't know that I have any business trying to take this big old body from the ground and landing on top of a box. I just don't know that it's in me, but I want it. I want it bad. So I would go to the gym and you know how you always feel like you're the spectacle at the gym? I get it. I always say that people at the gym are worried about themselves. They're minding their own. They're worried about their own workouts. When you feel like the spectacle, nobody can convince you of that because I would pull that 24 inch plyo box over and I would dance behind it just kind of shuffling my feet trying to find the courage to take my body and try to jump on it and I'm worried I'm gonna get a bloody shin I really don't like getting injured I really don't like getting hurt and don't want blood blood sicks me out uh, in other people too but especially when it's my own blood so I would just stand there behind this box And one time it was a full hour, a full hour. I stood behind this 24 inch box and just looked at it and thought about it and wanted to try it, but couldn't try it. And I'd pull my arms back and then jump in the air, but intentionally not trying to land on top of the box because I was worried I was going to miss it. And for an hour, I just stood there and kind of wasted my time. And it's not a complete waste of time. It's building up the courage. Like I needed to stand there and think about it and want it, really, really want it. And that that did do something that made it where the next time I came, it was only about 30 minutes that I stood behind the box and danced my feet and thought about it and wanted it and pictured it in my head and stutter stepped it on. So the meaning like you step your right foot, then your left foot and you know, like a pony. But I could not get myself to just swing the arms back and land on top of the box. And so eventually put the box away and I come back again. This lasted. I don't need to keep telling you how long I just stood behind a box and made a fool of myself, but it was a long time. And I am a group fitness instructor and personal trainer and exercise physiologist. So I can only imagine how you feel if you're new to the gym and you come in and everything around you feels like what the 24 inch plyo box felt like to me. I can only imagine that it's humiliating, but also in my head, I'm trying to get out the the humiliation I felt of the judgment of other people that are around looking at me, trying to find the courage to do this 
was minuscule compared to my, my determination to land on top of that damn box. I wanted it with my soul, with my heart, with everything I have, with everything in me. I wanted to land on top of that 24 inch pile box. And so with time, it got to where I would try it. And I got up there once and my arms are in the air like Rocky Balboa. Yes, I did it. I did it. So after doing it once, I'm like, got to do it twice. Anything you do once, you can do twice. Anything you do twice, you can do forever. And so I did it a second time. Yes, I did it. And so then I leave the gym and I'm like, I am the woman who does 24 inch plyo box jumps. And then I come back again the next day. I'm like, well, this is what you do. Pull out your box, do your jumps. And I couldn't find the courage. It was another one of those days that I spend the greater part of an hour standing behind the box and couldn't find the courage to do it. So it's not like after you do something once, you are going to be able to do it every time. It's still your big, fat, hairy goal. It's hard. And it took months. This all started back in August of me trying to do the 24-inch plyo box jumps. Every single time that I go to the gym, I do 13 24-inch plyo box jumps. It takes less than a minute, but I have to stay consistent with that or I'm going to go right back to the person who fears that box with just great trepidation. So I make myself, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what my workout actually is, I may be swimming, but I then take off my swimsuit, put on spandex, go up to the gym floor in order to do the 13 plyo box jumps. And you're like, is that box jump going to get you in better shape? Mentally, yes, I get self-efficacy gains and that is money. That feels fantastic. But even still, when I approach the box, I have to do that really silly looking stutter step first where I right left stutter onto the top of the box. Then I've got the confidence that I can jump up and own the thing over and over as many times as I want to. But it takes that first time of... I don't know, maybe it's respect for the box, respect for the goal that I have to stutter it on top. And maybe in 2024, I'll get over that and be able to walk right up and be like, all right, this is going down and jump right on top of the box. But I think I'm always from that right now. And it's okay. It's okay to still have room to grow even after you've reached your big fat hairy goal. Maybe your big fat hairy goal isn't alcohol related or fitness related. Maybe it's food. We all struggle with food, including me. I know right now you're listening. You're like, girl, no, you don't get it. I get it. I have a recipe for homemade energy balls. I devised it. It's the best substitute for the junk you get at the grocery store, the protein bars on the quote-unquote healthy living aisle that are ingredients you can't even pronounce. So no, I don't buy the packaged protein bars from the grocery store, but I do come home and make these energy balls that have a bunch of different nuts in them, almonds, cashews, Brazilian nuts, no peanuts, but a bunch of nuts, seeds, chia seeds, flax seeds, sunflower seeds, and then I'll add in a little bit of sweetener with a tapioca sweetener and a little Himalayan sea salt, then some vanilla vegan protein powder, some collagen. They are delicious. They're so, so good. And they, they pack a punch. It's 95 calories per ball. So you really got to, you know, hold back a little bit here or you're going to be eating your weight and energy balls. And I offer them up to my neighborhood. I'm like, does anybody want to order my homemade energy balls? And people come out of the woodwork. People are like, yes, yes, please, please make me some energy balls. And so then I get to cooking and I can't hold myself back. I don't know how people that actually cook for a living 
are not 400 pounds because you got a snickety snack while you cook, right? I do. And I end up eating so many of these balls and then I feel terrible about it. I really want to be able to make these for people without consuming too many of them as I'm cooking. And I'm not at that point yet, but hope to grow into the person who is. Let's talk about another big fat hairy goal, perfectionism. Some of you struggle with perfectionism. I don't. I thought it was perfectionism. I thought that I just can't get things to the finish line because I'm so perfectionistic about it. I'm not. I'm a second guesser. I second guess everything. I cannot push submit because I'm like, oh, does this one part need to be changed? And I'll go back and change the one part I'm not sure about. And then after I listen to that in alignment with the rest of the thing, I'm like, oh, but that one part stands out now. It doesn't sound just like the rest of it did. And then I go and re-record the whole thing to try to make it sound more congruent. And then I like the way I delivered it better the first time. So I can't get to the finish line. I'm telling you that on this podcast because you'll hear it in season one. You'll hear in season one little cuts where then the the sound is a little bit different. It was because I went in and thought I said um or slurred something or pronounced a word that is in my head that I always thought I said properly, realized I don't say it properly. You can tell all the cut, 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 cut. And I was also committed to always doing the podcast on the beat of the music so that you had a beat to follow and it made it a unique podcast. That was hell a lot of work, hell a lot of work. And it didn't make that much of a difference. You need my voice guiding you and you can walk at whatever pace you want to walk at. 130 beats per minute, 130 steps per minute, 140 steps per minute if you want to go super fast, 118 steps per minute if you want to kind of mosey and take your time. Walk at whatever pace you want to walk at. I decided I need to let go of the second guessing thing and always wanting to better my best because it's never going to be perfect. I have never for one second in my life thought, if I just keep plugging away at this, it will be perfect. I've just wanted it to be good enough, but my standard for good enough is never quite, it's never quite there. And so I second guess and second guess, I'm trying to fix that. And that is why this episode of, of More Than Sweat is just me coming to you from my car. You've heard Ernie, my great Dane, shaking his ears in the back. I don't know what the heck that he cannot get his ears cleaned. I've made a homemade solution of vinegar and water and shaking it together and try to spray him in his ears. And he, he runs away from me. Chases, I'm chasing him around the house with this bottle trying to get his ears clean. But that's why you hear the shake, 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 shake. And I'm like, oh, I could edit that out and redo the part. Uh-uh. I am not. I'm going to stop second guessing. I have recorded this podcast in exactly the amount of time that it's taken you to listen to it. So you know what I'm about to do? Drop the mic and put a penciled check mark in the improving on second guessing every dang thing and consider this podcast done. So whether your big fat hairy goal is any of the things I've talked about today, sobriety, fitness, food, perfectionism or second guessing or something else. I want you to know that you are capable of growing into the person, able to reach that goal. Keep on keeping on, keep the eye on the prize. And I will see you next Friday in episode three, season two of More Than Sweat.